0: Welcome everyone to the PFF Fantasy Podcast, Fantasy Playoffs Weekly Preview Edition. I'm your host, John Macri, Fantasy Analyst here at PFF, and joining me once again to help you get ready to take home a fantasy championship, it is the great Kate Maju. Kate, you ready for this massive week?
1: I am ready. Got some fantasy championships online, and I'm assuming y'all do too, because you're still listening with us. So congratulations on presumably making it to your fantasy football championships, unless you have that daunted week 18 hellabaloo. like if that's the case we gotta we gotta chat before next season make sure your league gets up to speed nobody wants to play in week 18 y'all week 17 is where it's at so yeah we're here to help we're here to help you dominate um and and i don't know i'm i'm personally ready to win a couple of my championships i don't know about you john
0: yeah ready as well um i think we got i got seven fantasy championships this week stressed about every single one of them as usual as everybody else is as well right so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to win at least a few of those and and help other people win theirs as well and like you said yeah hopefully not week 18 ones i we're not doing a week 18 preview i think nathan will have some week 18 rankings though so um you can at least use those if you are in that um in that mess of a a championship week but yeah we're, we're gonna go through it here as usual game by game hit On the players and matchups that are worth talking about, Um, we'll have the we'll have the timestamps in the episode description. Um, And yeah, we're gonna get through it. But a quick ad break here from our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. As a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family: how to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Fabric by Life provides an easy shop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies to fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com fantasy. That's meetfabric.com fantasy, M-E-T-fabric.com fantasy. Policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions all right kate let's get into it here and start where we always do thursday night football uh this week it's the new york jets at the cleveland browns anywhere specifically that you want to start uh with this game
1: let's start on the brown side of the ball because their their offense has kind of been surging you have Joe Flacco, the elite, who's been absolutely a powerhouse, uh, awakening this pass attack. Um, but you know what? Like, just as you think you can count on all of these stellar fantasy assets, they have to go up and get a huge game against the New York Jets just in time for our fantasy football mm-hmm. championship. So I want to start talking about the Browns and figuring out exactly who on this roster you can trust. You have Joe Flacco, who's uh, had multiple 20-plus point fantasy games but again, going up the Jets, uh, allowing the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, um, Jerome Ford hasn't necessarily had a huge workload like you'd, you'd like him to as much as he had earlier in the season. Who can you trust in this Cleveland roster, maybe outside of David Njoku and Amari Cooper, who also ends this enters this game as banged up dealing with a heel injury?
0: Yeah, that's that's part of the concern there for sure. Um, like you said, it's not a great matchup for the Browns passing attack. But yeah, I I, I mean David Njoku's the the one that I feel the most comfortable with. Amari Cooper obviously coming off that huge week is gonna be difficult to bench. Um, but you know, I think you're tempering expectations. You're not expecting that huge blow up game that we saw from him uh last week, especially going against the Jets here with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed and company. So um, yeah, I could start. Amari Cooper, I could start David Njoku, but I'm not starting the running backs, for example, even though it's a little bit better of a matchup for the running backs. It's just been such a mess there. Um, All these guys kind of working in, uh, Pierce, Strong, Kareem Hunt, all getting carries, Jerome Ford, it has only had he's had single digit carries now three of his last five games under 70 rushing yards in the last six as well. Nate wrote him up as a sit in his start sit column, too. It's just it's so hard to trust um, the, the, these Brown running these Browns running back. So, yeah, it's limited options for Cleveland as, as good as they've been.
1: Yeah, agree. You're still starting Amari Cooper if he does play. Of course, uh, you can't sit Amari Cooper coming off an outing that literally broke the Browns franchise record for a season or for a, a game high receiving yards. Uh, it had over 200 receiving yards, two touchdowns. You're still starting him. But again, maybe just tempering expectations in general for this Cleveland Browns offense. I do think Uh, We could see David and Joku have a solid, solid day, especially if Amari Cooper is limited in any sort of sense coming in, you know, maybe from a a route running perspective, obviously a heel injury, you probably want to be cautious of that, especially if these Browns are, you know, obviously on a short week and they're looking to make a playoff run. So they're probably going to want to uh, make sure that they don't do anything to put their star receiver at risk coming off that big game. On the other side of the ball, we finally had Brees Hall come back, and Brees Hall, just as fantasy managers finally had the guts to sit him, uh, Brees Hall exploded, uh, finishes the overall RB1 on the week. Um, you know, again, like it's been a roller coaster, wide or sorry, running back two in week 14, follows that up with a running back 63 finish in PPR, <laughs> then he finishes as the running back one so I don't know what are we expecting wide receiver or running back 64 this week like flip flop flip flop uh I don't it's going to be a tough outing for Brees Hall though it, it, despite the fact that he's coming off such an outstanding performance
0: yeah yeah that's that's the thing and and I mean you got to like the usage and the production from him over the the two of the past three weeks like you said I, I mean I think we kind of treat week, week 15 is kind of an anomaly right now. Um, and, and hope that they, they continue to ride him the way they have. Um, so that, that's definitely been encouraging. I I mean, you, you, have to start him as well, but again, not the best matchup here, um, going against the Cleveland Browns, but anybody else on, on the jets for you that, that you feel particularly good about starting. I mean, I know Garrett Wilson's probably the only other option this week for that team. So where are you at with Garrett Wilson going against Cleveland?
1: I think it's a challenge to sit him. Obviously, it's definitely going to be dependent on some of your other options. I do not like this matchup in any way, shape, or form here uh, for Garrett Wilson. Obviously, there's questions about the quarterback position, and it's kind of a a cesspool. You have no idea what you're going to get, but you know what you're going to get from the Cleveland Browns defense, and that's uh, excellent play from their secondary here. 30th in fantasy points given up to opposing wide receivers this season. Um, they've just been a, a shutdown unit all year long. Uh, again, really dependent on if you have any other options. I do not think Garrett Wilson is a must play, um, but he has finished as a wide receiver too. And in, in two of the last three weeks, which um, you know it's not like the offense has looked good for this team in in that span. So, <laughs> fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three yeah. for me.
0: Yeah, that, that that's kind of the thing, right? Like you said, wide receiver 2 uh wide receiver 2 last week, I think it was whatever it was wide receiver 23 on the week, but I mean it took a 31% target rate, like 15 targets to actually get there in a really good matchup too, um against the Washington Commanders where he, where he was able to get 9 for 76. So, a much tougher matchup this week. So I'm with you. I'm putting him more in that wide receiver 3 range as well. Um Let's go to the Saturday game. It is the Detroit Lions at the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we'll start with you the, mean the game of the week. It, it very well could be. It should be a, a fun game, and um, yeah, I mean the Lions playing really well. Obviously, they clinched the the, the NFC North, and, and Dallas needs a win here as well. They're they're fighting for a higher seed in the in the playoffs as well. So, starting with the Cowboys side of thing, I know, um, I mean, Ceedee Lamb. Jake Ferguson, these guys have been solid. Dak Prescott as well. Um, so really, I mean, Tony Pollard. I don't know. I, he's not obviously not the wide receiver one, right? And this is such a bad matchup against the Lions, who have been so good defending the run. Um, they're they're giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to the running back position. So. It's going to be tough to bench Tony Pollard, but I mean, depending on your options, it's definitely possible. I, I have a league where my options are are James Cook and DeAndre Swift, and, and I'm going to lean on those guys more than, than Tony Pollard this week. So um, for that part of it, I, I still think Tony Pollard can be like an RB2 just for volume and potential for a rushing touchdown, but not overly excited about him this week. Definitely
1: thinking any sort of productive day from uh, this rush attack is going to have to come, you know, via a touchdown, like this Detroit Lions defense going to hold, I think Tony Pollard to a very inefficient day um, just been an inefficient matchup all season long. They have allowed the fourth U.S. rushing yards, um, you know, really their, their biggest kind of um, source of, of, I don't know, like the biggest leakiness has been uh, just in terms of allowing touchdowns yards after contact. Um it, fourth in the league, like explosive run play percentage, uh, fifth in the league. Like this has been a top five rushing defense. Um, and again, I think any production is going to have to come on the run. Now, the good thing is this should be a high scoring matchup. Maybe we see some targets into the end zone. Maybe we get a, you know, one of those holding calls, uh, get one of those goal line touchdowns. You never know. It's, it's too hard to sit him having ranked fifth among running backs in total scrimmage touches this year. But again, very much tempering expectations, but for the rest of Dallas, man, Dak Prescott, CD lamb, Jake Ferguson, you are firing them all up mm-hmm. with full confidence.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. Uh, Jake Ferguson, at least six targets in each of the past four games with at least four catches as well. We know he has the touchdown potential too. So yeah, that that's really the only other um, guy I think I feel comfortable with. I mean, Brandon cooks potentially here in a more favorable matchup this week. I I know he he had the touchdown last week, but not the best week in terms of yardage, which I think is going to be the risk with Brandon cooks, but could potentially be a flex option in in deeper leagues, since this is one of the better matchups for wide receivers. Um, the lion's given up the six most fantasy points to the position. So, um, how about on the Detroit side of things? Um, Anybody that you want to start with here, particularly, because it feels like a fairly straightforward offense for the most part,
1: for the most part, you're starting Sam Laporta, you're starting Amonra St. Brown, uh, you're starting the running backs who, you know, I, I think can both uh, have both proven that, you know, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, are still enough to go around for both of these running backs in any given week uh, to post some, some big time points. My biggest question heading into this week is what to do with Jared Goff. Now, obviously, we have seen some high highs from Jared Goff throughout this 2023 season. We've also seen some low lows. We've seen some some turnover potential. He's a quarterback eight on the year, but um he's finished as a, a bot or outside of the top 20 in two out of the last three weeks. Um Can you trust him? It is a road game, which we know Jared Goff, not as reliable on the road, even though this is uh, a dome game, which you like to see that at least in his favor, but the Dallas Cowboys, they're playing really well at home this season. And I, I'm, I'm not sure there are many leagues where I have maybe the luxury of sitting Jared Goff and it's hard to sit him with such upside, but. I do think we need to temper expectations for him in this matchup on the road against this particular defense, despite all the weapons he has around him.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm tempering expectations, but at the same time, yeah, have a harder time sitting him just compared to some of the other options that are out there. We know what what's happened with the quarterback position this year with all the injuries and stuff. So. Yeah, I, I, it, it's definitely a tougher call. Um, I, I know Nate wrote him up as a start this week as well, um, and, and specifically citing like his, his numbers against man coverage, which the Dallas Cowboys are a very man heavy team over the last two seasons. Jared Goff has 22 touchdowns and just two interceptions versus man coverage compared to 22 touchdowns and 16 interceptions versus a zone coverage. So Dallas on the higher side there for for man coverage rate um, this season so could work into Jared Goff's favor but Dallas also a very good man coverage defense right so that's where the risk comes in Um, and and obviously that that defensive line and that pass rush as well so probably on the fringe of starting in most lineups but yeah he's he's been solid for the most part this season so um, harder to bench for sure. Um, all right, let's go to new England at Buffalo, uh, anybody that you want to start with, uh, among these two teams.
1: You want to start with new England? Cause easy peasy, you start Ezekiel Elliott and then end of sentence. I can't think of anybody else in this offense that I'm comfortable in any sense, of the imagination plugging into my fantasy football lineups. Now Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott in PPR leagues, he has been a top five running back in two of the last three weeks. You love to see that. Um, I mean, he's kind of just, it, he's kind of been a plug and play, like as gross as it absolutely says, like, it, it doesn't feel good. You're not going to want to watch this game um, unless you're a bills fan, then you're definitely probably going to watch this game. But I mean, Ezekiel, Elliott's target volume, it, you know, since Ramondre Stevenson has been out has just been uh, worthy of wide receiver production, then you tack on the fact that he's had, you know, 10 plus carries each of the last four games. Like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to take all these touches. You're going to take all of those targets, um, five targets in each of the last four games. He's had eight targets in two of the last three boom, like wide receiver one in a running back body. (laughs)
0: yeah that's it's been really nice to see for for ezekiel elliott and and especially now that the path is seemingly clear for him with monje stevenson on injured reserve here so i'm with you i think he's probably the only one um for the patriots for me and on the buffalo side of things i mean james cook has been just a a volume monster lately 20 carries last week he had 70 yards somehow no targets or, or receptions but we we know that that's there for him um potentially and and Joe Brady seemingly made a point here to to run the ball more in this Bill's offense but as a result we, we've seen it be affecting some of the receiving options for for Buffalo right we've seen lower numbers now for for Stefan Diggs and for Dalton Kincaid so where are you at with with guys like I mean Diggs definitely a starter still but as far as Dalton Kincaid goes is he inside that top 12 for you um here heading into this week
1: no way, Jose! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love Dalton Kincaid. Uh, gonna gonna be a great slide re, uh, slot receiver slash tight end. But this Buffalo Bills defense, like, let's face it, they are, uh, you know, running the ball as well as ever it, since Ken Dorsey was fired after Week 10. Their passing volume has decreased exponentially. Uh, they've had the second lowest pass play percentage from Week 11 on in the entire NFL. Um, and I think the bills are a better team for it. Like this, this, you know, we've seen some, some solid, uh, you know, production from the ground, but I also think it's, it's helped out Josh Allen in a big way, turning that ball over less, um, maybe, you know, forcing fewer balls than he should. Um, and then you look at the, the Patriots defense, like the first time around back in week seven Kincaid, uh, had eight targets, 75 receiving yards, it's caught all eight of them, which is great, but. Can you really imagine him getting another eight targets in this game? I find it hard to believe. Uh, Since week nine, Patriots have ranked fourth in the league with a 56% defensive success rate on targets to the tight end. Dalton Kincaid is an absolute sit for me this week. Really, really hard to trust him lately, especially since the bye. He has been completely irrelevant
0: yeah it's been a bummer um for sure it hasn't even really been like a dawson knox thing with him coming off fire. It's just the bills not um throwing the ball as much they've really leaned on the run recently so just the change here in offensive philosophy and i mean this is a game where they can definitely take the lead early and and end up running the ball again uh some more so yeah i'm fine starting stefan Diggs, but i'm not starting kincaid I, I know gabe davis had the big week as well we've talked about him and his success against man and zone being a, a pretty big indicator um but gabe davis again going against a man heavy defense here in the new england patriots and one of the better ones as well he's not somebody that i'm considering uh starting coming after coming off of his strong week for sure um all right let's go to the carolina panthers at the jacksonville jaguars um so for this game we'll start with jacksonville um because I, I know you wrote about it in the the panic or antic um column this week talking about travis Etienne, who has yet to clear um 10 ppr points in back-to-back weeks now uh last week only six carries for 12 yards um and the jags were were definitely down big so it was it was harder um for them to run the ball there and and they did have to pass more so where are you at with travis Etienne heading into this week are, are you concerned about the usage in in recent weeks or are you you still comfortable starting him back up here against Carolina.
1: I am a little bit concerned about the usage. And I, like, honestly, you can see the the great games for Travis Etienne. We can call it a chicken or the egg situation here, but um, you know, like in games where they've kept it close, they've been able to run the ball and in games where they haven't kept it close or, or there's been um, some sort of element uh, where they fall behind or, you know, are playing from behind. Obviously they don't have as much time to establish the run. Travis ETN gets less work and we get fewer fantasy points. And that's been a big issue. And I think the biggest question is what do we get from Trevor Lawrence? He is practicing on Thursday dealing with a shoulder injury, but it is his throwing shoulder. Um, I think it depends on, you know, like your confidence level in ETN probably stems from your confidence level in Trevor Lawrence to keep this a close game. And I'll be honest with the number of injuries that we've seen Trevor Lawrence sustain this year. We know he is not healthy. Um, even if he does play in this game, he is not a hundred percent. I have to be concerned that like, this might be a, a game where they're not necessarily going to be able to uh, have all that, luxury and time to establish the run with Travis ETN.
0: Sorry, am I back? You're back. Okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah, the internet is being a pain in the butt. Um, all right, so yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I I'm with you. It, it's definitely risky starting him this week with the injury, going against the Panthers as well. Um, who really teams have not had to pass a lot against, and and that's why they haven't allowed a lot of fantasy points. Um, to the quarterback position and to the wide receiver position. So, I'm definitely. Uh, a little bit worried about Trevor Lawrence and starting him at, and really this Jaguars offense. I mean, I feel pretty good about Travis Etienne. I feel like if Lawrence isn't healthy, they should be able to run. They should be able to still, you know, keep it a close game, even if they aren't able to pass uh, that effectively, just because it's Carolina. Um, but yeah, Calvin Ridley, for example, like we, we, talked about him, you know, that his big game was due again. Um, and any, he, he hit it last week with two touchdowns and, and 90 receiving yards. And there's always the chance that he'll disappear again, again, probably not going to have to throw a ton this week uh, against Carolina. So, um, I, I do worry a little bit about Calvin Ridley. He's another guy that's probably on the fringe of that wide receiver two or three range for me this week. But, um, yeah, I think the guys that I'm most comfortable with here are Travis Etienne and potentially Evan Ingram as well um, for for tight end.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at with this team. Now, again, I I feel like it could be a huge trap game, and and we I, I'm I'm worried about this one in particular for the Jaguars and where they're at. Good news for um, Travis Etienne; they are. I think they should get Cam Robinson back on the offensive line this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which will be helpful for him, but again, they just need to stay in this game. and with some of the fault uh the fault fault faults that they've I don't know what I'm trying to say, uh, <laughs> some of the faults that they've had to this point in the season to some of the struggles that they've had with Trevor Lawrence's health and just scary out of factors that like there have been times where it just feels like this offense is out of sync and I. I don't know. Maybe it's just a feeling thing, but I feel like this could be a trap game, and I, I don't know. I'm nervous for everybody involved. To be quite honest, outside of Evan Ingram, who I think has proven to kind of be the safest and most consistent asset of all in in this entire offense.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, they they've definitely been concerning here. Um, all right. How about on the Carolina Panthers side of things? Um. Where are you at with this offense? Because Bryce Young started to show some signs of life uh, last week, had his first like 300 plus passing game against uh, Green Bay. It was, it was his only one of the year though. So it's not like it's a huge sample size of success for him and, and the passing offense. So are you feeling any more comfortable about Bryce Young and probably Adam Thielen, I guess would be, would be the main, the main option to consider.
1: Um, You know, I'm, I'm not, sold to be totally honest, but in fairness, like the Jacksonville Jaguars have been, um, a a fairly easy matchup for opposing wide receivers. Like this has been, uh, not the scariest of sorts. We have Jacksonville allowing the eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. I definitely feel a bit better, um, about Thielen than I do about the, the quarterback situation here with Bryce young. Still, you're, you're, I, I think playing with fire a little bit here. If you're looking at any of these assets outside Chuba Hubbard, um, who I I think you're just kind of looking at as a volume play at this point. I mean, uh, you know, over the past five weeks, he's been just an an absolute workhorse, 17 plus touches in every single game in that span. He scored a touchdown in three out of the last five games. Um, I just think from like a volume standpoint, it's going to be really hard to find another running back that can sub in um, even if the I, I think the more favorable matchup in this one against the Jaguars defense does come through the air, maybe we see Chuba Hubbard uh, have another um, you know five-target day or something. Get him get him involved as a receiver. But I do think looking to anybody outside Chuba Hubbard is probably a, a greater risk than it is worth the upside for any of these other assets in the offense.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, just the the volume, the opportunity there for Chuba Hubbard has been excellent. I know, you know, not overly efficient, but just dominating the backfield touches there. So I'm with you. I think he's he's definitely a startable option uh, at running back this week. And yeah, it's just not. I'm I'm not ready to trust the Carolina passing offense either. Um, so Last yeah. time
1: Adam Thielen caught a touchdown, December fifteenth, folks. December fifteenth. It has been a while. It has been or sorry, October 15th. Did I say de- December? Um it, it was October 15th. October so 15th, it's been yeah. just over 2 months since Adam Thielen cost, caught his last touchdown. Um he's been fine from a volume perspective, you know, especially in the last couple of weeks. Uh 7 plus targets had 8 in uh last week's showing against uh the uh Packers 94 receiving yards. Again, no touchdowns, so the upside might be limited there, but you could probably do worse in full PPR. It's just, do you need an upside play? If so, it might not be Adam Thielen this week. But if you need a guy with a, a relatively safe floor, relatively safe volume in full PPR, you might might be looking Adam Thielen's way.
0: Yeah. It's not like the worst matchup or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, such a risk here with the Carolina offense. It could be hit and miss on any given week. And then we've seen Bryce young have many, many games with uh, less than 200 passing yards as well. So, um, there is that concern of it as well. Um, all right, let's go to the Los Angeles Rams at the New York giants. Um, And I mean, the, the the giants offense, there's not a whole lot to figure out here because I mean, Tyrod Taylor is going to be taking over at quarterback and we're fine. I mean, fine. I say fine, but we're starting Saquon Barkley for volume purposes um, in in a terrible matchup uh, for, for fantasy running backs this year. But again, he's going to be a tougher one to sit. I'm not starting any of the wide receivers for the giants and I might be starting Darren Waller as the, as the top receiving option. I feel like he's the only one um, that I, I, I think I actually kind of feel okay about in a decent matchup. He had the, the, the nice snap increase last week, which we did expect um, and, and played closer to three quarters of the offensive snaps. He maintained that 20 ish percent target rate as well. So um, did get a little bit more work with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback as well. So potentially a little connection there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm fine starting Darren Waller if you need to, but where, where are you at with the the Giants offense?
1: Tepid at best, like you mentioned, Saquon sure. Barkley, a really challenging matchup in this this outing here. Um, Rams, you know, they haven't faced a, a ton of running plays. They they rank bottom 10 and run percentage plays uh, faced in large part because their offense is so good, right? This is not a um, an offense that is putting opposing offenses in situations where they're in a close game, like the, the giants, etc. They do not have time to establish the run against this runaway Rams offense. Um, so that's been challenging. And I don't expect that to be any different here for the giants here in week 17, you're a bit more bullish on Darren Waller than I am. <laughs> I will say that. Um, I mean, you, you like to see five targets, two receptions. Like I, you love to see the five targets. You don't love to see the two receptions, right. um, you know. Billy's secondary obviously has struggled a, a little bit. I thought that would be a little bit, you know, maybe one of these spots to get him going a little bit. You know, it, it, from a game script perspective, they should have, um, you know, like they they were keeping it relatively close. They needed to keep throwing the ball, and um, I st- I would have liked to see more. And and that's my that's my concern. I'm I'm yeah. not trusting Darren Waller. You know. All of my fantasy leagues that I have made the championship in, I, you know, two of them, I think I have Darren Waller on and he's going to be on my bench. Uh, Cause you know what? We've made it this far without him. <laughs> and I think it's pretty hard to, to play a guy. He's had one receiving touchdown on the year so far. Um, Just three games with more than 50 receiving yards, more than 45 receiving yards at that. Like this hasn't had a ton of upside like we kind of projected they would um for darren waller this year so i'm just mm-hmm. not sure it's worth the risk for me but i understand from a situational perspective it should it should be okay
0: <laughs> it should be right but yeah like you said there's definitely a, a lot of risk involved and, and there's definitely plenty of of tight ends that i would start over darren waller as well but yeah, just looking at this offense and trying to pick out guys that I think I'd, I'd feel OK with. I feel like this could be a week for him, but I'm with you there. There's absolutely some risk there. So uh, one of the ones that I I, I just yeah, I'm, I'm willing to, to take a chance on, but um, I could definitely see it going either way here. Um, but how about on the Ram side of things? Um, Matthew Stafford he's been solid. Uh, we, we know that for fantasy purposes, he's been great. It, it, Puka Nakua and Cooper cup, obviously uh, we're not benching them. And the same thing with Kyron Williams. So is there really anything else here that you want to talk about for the Rams offense?
1: No, that's it. In a nutshell. Those are the Rams, baby.
0: <laughs> Such an easy team. Love that. Um, all right, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Let's start with another easy offense here. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously starting at quarterback, AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard um, and DeAndre Swift as well. So DeAndre Swift, um, you talked about him in, in the rushing report, 20 touches for the second straight week. He's getting these favorable matchups now that allow the Eagles to run the ball more, which is something that they definitely want to do, and that's allowed DeAndre Swift to to be able to touch the ball and and have productive days. And I, I feel like going against the Cardinals here should be another nice matchup for him, um, uh, uh, go, and 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 definitely a startable option here uh, in in pretty much every league.
1: Yeah, I I think DeAndre Swift definitely a must start here in week. Uh, week 17 top 10 quarterback or running back for me on the week Um, in my weekly rankings. I think this could be a smash spot spot. Um, You know, most of his down weeks have just sort of correlated with some of these matchups that got away with them. And and I think that, you know, in large part just came from, you know, not having time to dedicate to establish the run. I don't think that would be the case here against the Cardinals Uh, league high fantasy points per game to the running back position. Should be a good matchup all around. I think Philly very straightforward offense this week um, against a very suspect Arizona Cardinals defense.
0: Yeah, I am with you. Yeah, this should be pretty good here for the Eagles. Um, how about for the Cardinals? So. I think you talked, you talked about it last week about be, being excited about starting James Connor and he he came through with a, a really great game as a receiver, uh, w- which was a nice change to see since his receiving work had, had really been down all year, com- at least compared to last year. Right. So where are you at with James Connor heading into this week again in, in, in a tougher matchup against the Eagles?
1: It's a tougher matchup. I think from a volume perspective, really hard to, to sit James Connor, but, um, you know notably Marquise Brown, you know, that that big day as a receiver came on the back of an absence from Marquise Brown, who's dealing with a heel mm-hmm. injury. Um, I don't believe he's practicing just yet. Didn't practice on Wednesday. I haven't seen the report for Thursday yet. But um, if Marquise Brown is out, certainly I think you know, it, this could present some more opportunity for James Conner to step back in and and see a greater target share. Cause that's really been the the worst uh, part of James Conner's game this year. He's having, um, you know, by his standards, especially an efficient year, um, but kind of seen a, a lack of upside there because the the touchdowns have been kind of volatile and hasn't had a ton of work as a receiver. But if Marquise Brown is out, that should pave the way, I think for an increased target share. Obviously, Trey McBride is is a must start each and every week. He could be, uh, you know, in for a a tight end three or better day, uh, here in in week 17. But, um, I I think that's kind of where your trust can lie. Even if Marquise Brown is, is in this matchup, no way in God's green earth, I am feeling comfortable (laughs) starting him even against this Philly secondary, um, you know, Kyler Murray, I think is a fine option, but Again, not one I'm super excited to play, even though uh, the Philly secondary has been a little bit suspect this year. I, I think um, it's it's hard to trust a, a team that doesn't have a ton of depth at this wide receiver position that I think is consistent enough to keep this team in it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and um, yeah, I think it's Trey McBride and, and James Conner as well for me. I, I, I'm, I just, yeah, I don't think it doesn't look like um, Marquise Brown is is trending in the right direction. Like you said, I haven't seen the injury report for Thursday either, but uh, it doesn't feel great that his it, it chances of suiting up. So, um, yeah, I think the, really those are the main two, and and Kyler Murray could be fine as well, but um, not getting too crazy with the Arizona offense. Um, yeah. How about uh, Miami and Baltimore is next up on the list here. um any which team do you want to start with here from uh, Dolphins and Ravens?
1: Uh, let's start with the Dolphins because they're they're kind of in an interesting spot. They're heading on the road this week. You have uh Tua who has not been a, a very high upside option here for fantasy uh, QB 20 or worse in each of the last three weeks. And that's included some home games, uh, which is generally where we've seen him perform much better now heads on the road to face the Baltimore Ravens in, I think one of the toughest road environments in the national football league there at M and T bank stadium. Like I think this could be an absolute disastrous game for Tua, especially considering the fact he is going to be without Jalen Waddle this week, dealing with a high ankle sprain, um, You know, you're going to look obviously at Tyreek Hill as a a huge potential for a monstrous volume game. Hopefully he's continuing to get a little bit better from his own ankle injury. Um, But I I think you're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Raheem Mostert, Devin Achan, and that's it. But boy, let me tell you, like this Ravens defense, uh, obviously leading the league in total DVOA. Um, this could be, I, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a trap game for the Miami dolphins. Thank you. Still have to temper expectations, even though they are the dolphins, uh, mm-hmm. that this might not be a super efficient game and it might not be a, uh, overly productive day for our, our fantasy assets, even though we've been relying on them all season long.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there too. I mean, I, I'm not excited about starting Tua Tagovailoa in this game. Um Baltimore has the best um, passing touchdown percentage allowed uh this season at just 2.6 percent. Um and Tua's definitely uh had his games where he hasn't been able to to throw it for a ton of touchdowns, and then obviously without Jalen Waddle as well. And it looks like Raheem Mostert did not practice on Thursday either. Um, so that's a bit concerning for me if he doesn't play then I, I'd feel a lot better about starting Devin Achan but if Mostert does play I think Achan's somebody that I'm I'm definitely uh, concerned about right we've seen him get better usage in games where at least Miami has had the lead um this is not the kind of matchup that I expect them to be you know um up up big against Baltimore so I you know, the explosiveness obviously helps for a chan. He could break off a big play. So there's that part keeps him kind of in that flex territory. But um yeah, it's just gonna depend on if Mostert plays or not where, where a chan's gonna be in most of my, my lineups. So um yeah, I don't know that Mostert uh, is going to play with that DNP on Thursday here.
1: Uh that yeah, that definitely is interesting. And obviously if he is out, that's great for for the potential volume of Achan. Only question is Raheem Mostert out, Jalen Waddle out. How much does that do to limit the overall ceiling of I this know. offense in a matchup that I think the, the overall ceiling was already limited? Now, of course, you cannot ever count out the uh, any of these options as potential plays uh, considering the powerhouse that we know the Dolphins are. But I, I, I think down Waddle, down Mostert, I would genuinely be concerned because those are uh, two very fast assets. Those are two chain movers. Like that could be a big hit for a team that, you know, I think already has not shown as much upside on the road. Ooh, I'm, I'm like sweating <laughs> here thinking about uh, some of the, the circumstances we're heading into. I think Tyreek Hill might be the only like lock here and it, that's about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a tight matchup. I I, I can't imagine it's going to be a, an easy one here for Miami as good as that offense is, but there's going to be some struggling here. I think, especially with the missing pieces, like you said, and, and it being the Baltimore defense that they're facing, but um, how about the Baltimore offense? Because it also looks like uh, as a flowers did not practice on Thursday, dealing with that calf injury that's kind of a, a concern because he's somebody that has had now double digit targets in two of the last three games, um, 13 targets last week. And yeah, it, that could be a problem for their passing offense, but um could be a nice thing here for Isaiah likely potentially. I, I know he had a bit of a down week last week. Um, how, how are you feeling about um, Isaiah likely going against the dolphins this week?
1: I don't mind it. You know, we're, we're kind of, um, you know, especially looking at the, the back of that target volume here, it, you know, obviously say flowers played a huge role in that offense last week. And, you know, from a game plan perspective, we saw Lamar Jackson spread that ball far and wide. Um, you know, and I think that was kind of the, the game plan. They were going to spread the ball around, spread out the defense. Um, and I, I think that really worked for them here. Obviously the the Miami Dolphins defense, not exactly a pushover by any means, but, um, you know, I do think, especially if we see Zay Flowers out or limited in this game, um, they're going to probably lean on Isaiah likely as, as close as you can get to a like wide receiver at this point. And, you know, the Dolphins, again, not necessarily a plus matchup that you're looking to target defensively, but. Good enough, Good right. enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm with you. I could very easily see Isaiah likely be the the leading receiver there here for Baltimore this week. And um the other thing is the running backs, right? So the first week without Keaton Mitchell um this past week, so uh, we saw a, a bit of a mix here, right? Um, we Justice Hill led the team in snaps and 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 touches. Gus Edwards got the goal line work and and and, you know, it's a lot of the short yardage work as well. So where are you at with these running backs? Are they, are, do you have any interest in starting either one of them um this week? And if you have to start one, which one do you do you prefer um, out of Baltimore?
1: Ugh. this is this is the <laughs> challenge. Um, talked about this also in the rushing report this week because I've been trending the the snap counts, the touches all season long. And it really has been a hodgepodge. Obviously you had, you know, justice Hill lead the team last week, snaps, touches. The margin was pretty close uh, in terms of touches, but I still give the edge very slightly to Gus Edwards here. Who's gotten the majority of the work in most weeks throughout the season, also dominating touches inside the goal line, which, you know, I think to start the year, we kind of thought that was Gus or justice hill's role it's definitely swayed back in gus edwards favor we even saw that last week uh saw 100 of the goal line work I, I think this is those valuable touches do belong to gus edwards at this point so i'm gonna give him my my go ahead here mm-hmm. but it's pretty
0: close it is close yeah it's definitely close And i'm I think it's Gus Edwards as well, just because again, the goal line work and, and we know that this Baltimore offense can at least getting, get into scoring position. So there's obviously, obviously that opportunity there for him as well. So, yeah it just again it's it's a shared workload is is never ideal obviously for for running backs but um especially in a matchup that that's not an easy one but um yeah if i had to pick one it's gus edwards but uh not uh, not guys that i'm starting necessarily in like the top 24 or anything like that um
1: yeah you're you're are, kind of hoping for a touchdown and you're saying your prayers
0: <laughs> yeah Yeah, exactly right. Um, So let's go to Atlanta and Chicago here. Um, Chicago, another, speaking of like shared running back usage, I mean, it didn't happen too much last week because Khalil Herbert dominated the touches. um, 20 carries, 122 yards, but there was no Deontay Foreman in the lineup last week either. So we're going to assume it seems like Deontay Foreman could be back this week are you expecting a similar workload for for Khalil Herbert or are you expecting back to that three-headed monster that we've seen from Chicago quite a bit this season
1: i feel like we're going to get another ugly three-headed monster much like the ravens backfield like i i feel like yeah. we've uh i've done my best to trend um and and identify some um you know, potential giveaways about who could be the guy and no, when, when all three of these guys have been active, it's kind of been a hodgepodge. And to be honest, I think that's like to their detriment, because I think they've got three running backs on their roster who would all probably excel with more touches and, Mm -hmm. and like to get in rhythm, Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, especially, I think, uh, really solid rhythm runners who can kind of wear down opposing defenses. And I think you're doing all of them a disservice uh, by not necessarily getting any of them heavily involved in any one game script. I do think you're kind of playing roulette with this one. I will say I'm in a dynasty league and I'm in the championship here. I have all three of them on my roster (laughs) and I just made a mega trade. I traded T Higgins and Devonta Smith for Christian McCaffrey, who's got the matchup of the week. I have to maybe if I'm, unless I'm able to get another deal done before Sunday, I might have to actually start one of three, three running backs. Who should I start and why help me,
0: John? Oh man. Uh, Yeah, that is, that's tough, but I, I do like the play for Christian McCaffrey to hopefully help, uh, help you get the championship. But I feel like I'd lean Khalil Herbert. Um, again, more just because he he looked good last week, right? And that was kind of the main thing. And, you know, you look at the most recent sample size of what they've done and they leaned on Khalil Herbert quite a bit. We saw that earlier in the year as well. So maybe coming back to him, I feel like Herbert would be the guy that I would prefer if I have to choose. Um, even in full PPR, I know Roshan Johnson getting the, you know, some of the, the passing down work as well. I think that, you know, the more steady, stable usage to kind of bank on here, if I have to pick one would be Herbert. So, um, yeah, I, I, now I fully expect uh, Deontay Foreman to get like 15 carries, um, this week, but yeah, hopefully not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I actually had Herbert in my lineup. So I'm glad you kind of confirmed my, my bias, um, you know, coming off a really solid outing, like you mentioned, his, uh, 79.3 rushing grade ranked seventh among running backs in week 16, um, 20 total carries 112 rushing yards, like he had himself a day. And, and, you know, I do think from a, a statistical standpoint, he has had the best season among these running backs. We just need the Chicago bears to um, do it, do it, play Khalil Herbert for me, do it for me.
0: Do it for Kate, yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and then the other the other piece of the, the Bears offense to to talk about, I think, because I know you wrote about it in, in Panic or Antic as well. DJ Moore, um, a couple down games here, right? So just 18 yards in week 16 against Arizona, had the quieter game against Cleveland as well, which that one a little bit more understandable. So, where are you at with DJ Moore after his surprisingly low game against uh, against the Cardinals?
1: I'm a little worried. This is an Atlanta Falcons defense that, you know, they've had the uh, second highest contested ca- or contested target percentage in the league dating back to to week nine. Like this has been uh, a really challenging matchup. There's been two wide receivers since week nine that have scored 10 or more fantasy points in half PPR formats. None of them have exceeded 15 fantasy points. Like this has been a, uh, high-risk, low-reward matchup. The Falcons defense has allowed the fifth-fewest catches, tenth-fewest receiving yards, and they have allowed just one single touchdown to opposing wideouts since week nine. Like, it's not a good matchup. And I'm worried on all fronts, uh, honestly, about this Bears defense. I'm not even excited about my Khalil Herbert because even then, he's got a tough matchup against this Falcons' run defense. Um, I, I think the Bears could be in for a challenging, challenging day. I think this could be one of those matchups that favors Cole Komet. Um, and, and you know, maybe we see a little bit less DJ more than we'd like, but just on the whole DJ more been a, a very boomer bust wide receiver this year. And I think this is heading in for a bust week. The Falcons defense is no, no slouch baby.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been good. Um, So, yeah, tempering expectations for DJ Moore. Um, And then on the Atlanta side of things, we did get a nice bounce back week for uh, Mr. B. John Robinson last week and and did it a a lot as a receiver, right? Seven catches for 50 yards. I'm pretty sure he led the team in receiving yards um, last week as well. So feel fine about starting him again. Um, The rest of the offense, though, I I do not feel fine about. um, Guys like Drake London, who hasn't had more than 40 receiving yards uh, or more than – Or more than three receptions in back to back games now makes him really hard to trust. You got Taylor Heineke at quarterback. I don't know. I I feel like
1: like, in Soldier Field, it's going to be near freezing temperatures. Like this whole matchup is going to be, I think, really gross. The only saving grace, though, I do want to give a a little vote of confidence because. There's one player on the Atlanta Falcons offense that I am kind of bullish on this week, and it is Bijan Robinson, who
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you look at the Chicago Bears matchup, you look at their ability to stop the run like they do ranked 12th in fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, but it comes with work in the receiving game like on the ground. This has been a very inefficient matchup against the Bears. But we're seeing Bijan Robinson come off his most involved day as a receiver with Taylor Heineke. saw 10 targets, uh, was essentially this team's wide receiver one. And the Chicago Bears, that has been their greatest weakness. I do think this is a smash spot start for Bijan Robinson. Keep riding the flames. I know it's been a bumpy ride this year, but <laughs> I think this is a good spot.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. I like it. Um all right, let's uh let's do a quick ad break here from our friends at Prize Picks. Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are easy, they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. So um I ended up going with a defensive prop because I, I saved this till the last second and and forgot to to look them up. (laughs) Um, But I went with CJ Mosley going over seven and a half total tackles tonight uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Um, CJ Mosley is a top 12 linebacker in tackle efficiency this season. The Browns are giving up the most tackles per game to the linebacker position. I know it's been a little bit less here with Joe Flacco at at quarterback, but uh, CJ Mosley seven and a half on a hundred percent of snaps is still a nice number there for, linebacker. So that's the one that I like. Kate, okay, did I forgot to ask you, did you have a, a prize pick that you liked this week?
1: Yes, I'm going all in on Kyron Williams, baby. Uh yes. more than 94 and a half rushing yards here over the last five games, averaging 120.2 rushing yards per game. He has smashed the over in four out of those five games fairly easily. And now I do think this uh, again should be a favorable spot against the run. Uh you have the Detroit or the New York giants who rank fourth in rushing yards allowed um, rank top four in, you know, explosive run percentage yards per attempt. Like this has been a great matchup against the run and Kyron Williams is red hot. I love more than 94.5 rushing yards.
0: Nice. I like it. Yeah, I'm a big Kyron Williams fan. I I think I had him on our prize picks last week and then he let me down because I had like over 18 and a half receiving yards and he didn't even have one receiving yard. Um, But I like going for the rushing total here. That feels much better um, to me as well. Um, So yeah, go to prizepicks.com slash PFF Fantasy. Use code PFF Fantasy for first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash PFF Fantasy. Use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right, let's go. Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Um, CJ Stroud, it looks like he will be back in the lineup this week. At least he's trending in the right direction, Um, uh, missing two games with the concussion. So feeling pretty good about CJ Stroud and potentially Nico Collins as well, who's also battling injury, but potentially uh, trending in the right direction too. So I'd like those two specifically. I'm not as excited about somebody like a Noah Brown, especially if Nico Collins is back in the lineup. I I just think um, he's just hasn't been as effective against man coverage. The Titans have been a bit league average in man coverage, but um, really not trying to lean too heavily into the, second wide receiver here this week because there's other guys that i like on the the houston offense and i I can't love them all right i like devin singletary i like dalton schultz a a little bit as well so uh where are you at with this this uh houston offense is there anyone that stands out for you um that you like
1: all the players you mentioned i do think you still need to go back to uh considering to start devin singletary uh had a down week last week only 12 touches and uh you know you want, you want more work, right? Like let's, let's be real. You want more work, especially coming off a 30 touch outing, but you know, remember we just had Devin Singletary play this Tennessee Titans off our defense a a couple of weeks ago at 30 touches for 170 scrimmage yards, like absolutely dominated. And now you have the Houston Texans at home. I don't expect him to have 30 total touches, but this is, you know, a matchup that, Um, He's already shown the ability to exploit. And I think that, um, you know, yeah, you, you could do a bit worse than Devin Singletary, especially considering he's been relatively involved as a receiver.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I like Singletary uh, a fair bit as well, and like you said, that that last game against Tennessee was definitely encouraging. But we've also seen them, you know, ha- him have those nicer fantasy days when they run the ball more. This should be a game where they're able to, to at least I think get some lead or or at least keep it close. They're not. I don't think they. I'd expect them to trail behind, especially with C.J. Stroud back in the lineup. So should be nice involvement there for Devin Singletary. Um, how about Dalton Schultz? He's been pretty solid here, even without C.J. Stroud in the lineup. He's caught um, 12 passes now for 119 yards over his last two games combined. Um, had a, a fine outing for a tight end last time they played Tennessee. I think 58 receiving yards, four catches. So uh, would he still be a starter for you? Because on paper, the the Titans are giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to the tight end position. So um, I'm curious where you'd have Dalton Schultz ranked uh, this week.
1: Low and tight end one. I'm not like overly excited about the matchup necessarily, but, um, you know, especially considering the the loss of tank Dell for the season, like, I, I think this is still, there's still plenty of opportunity for Dalton Schultz to be like a, a pseudo wide receiver too, for this team. Um, you know, I, I think again, fine start, not overly excited to, to get him in my lineup, but I definitely think there are worst options out there.
0: Yeah. Yep. I'm in the exact same boat. Um, on the Tennessee Titans, we have Derek Henry, um, who finally who did have a nice bounce back, uh, relatively good bounce back last week, um, where he got 19 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. We, we've still liked the volume there. Um, And DeAndre Hopkins, I know two catches in in back-to-back weeks only, but um, the week prior to last, he had at least nine targets from Will Levis at quarterback. It seems like Will Levis is pushing to get back this week as well. So I think that helps DeAndre Hopkins' case here to still make it into starting lineups. But I think outside of Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, for the most part, Maybe Tajay Spears in a flex role, if especially if the Titans fall behind and he gets a, a, some involvement there as a receiver. Those those kind of feel like the the only Titans players worth talking about. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I do you think you can consider uh, Tajay Spears uh, ten plus touches in each of the last four yeah. weeks? Um, hasn't necessarily had a ton of upside, but like you mentioned, if this is a game that maybe gets a little bit out of hand. We've kind of seen those be those the the roles where um, you know Tajay Spears takes over a little bit and and could be an interesting asset, especially considering you've got a number of key assets back here for the Houston Texans offense. It might force a little bit of uh, scoring and maybe a little bit of catch up there from from the Titans. So definitely okay with him in case of emergency, but again, mm-hmm. not. Like super excited.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly with you. Um, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts and the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I mean, mm. it, yeah, this is a, a strange one here because i Michael Pittman was a limited participant on Wednesday. Um, he's dealing with that concussion, right? So he was ruled out late last week because he he was cleared and then he started experiencing symptoms again. I mean, a limited participant is not like the most encouraging thing, but it's at least nice to see him back at practice. I haven't seen anything for Thursday. I don't know if you have, but I feel like if Michael Pittman clears and if he's active, he feels like somebody that is going to be in starting lineups. I, I don't think I'm benching him for any uh, reason if he's active. So yeah, it's Pittman and Jonathan Taylor for me. I don't know that there's anybody else for for Indianapolis. I, uh, how about you?
1: No, I, I think that's kind of what you're looking at at this point. Like it's, it's probably Pittman or bust. Um, you know, just been such a high volume option that it really kind of hard to, to turn away from that at this point. Um, not a ton of options I'd consider over him, but outside of that, yeah, you're starting Jonathan Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor. It's Michael Pittman and that's about it. Um, what do we do about the Raiders though? Cause I, there's been so many ups and downs for this Raiders team, obviously like hard to go into, you know, week 17, feeling all that confident about the passing volume. Obviously this defense has been so dominant uh, mm-hmm. since we've seen Pierce take over as, as head coach um, interim head coach, but I, I you know, hmm. It's, it's tough because you can't imagine a world where you're going to be sitting DeAndre, or, you know, uh, Devonte Adams. Like, I don't, I don't know, man, I'm, yeah. I'm really struggling with what to do with this Raiders offense. And then obviously you have Josh Jacobs, who they were hoping to get back last week from injury. He didn't end up playing, but you know, like if he's active, how, what, what is your trust level? Like I. I don't know what to make of this offense, especially given the strengths of the defense and the way that they're, they're playing right now. It hasn't put the offense in a position where they mm-hmm. need to do much.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been uh it, they've been an interesting team recently under Antonio Pierce and uh, they've been competitive as well, but I, I think, you know, if Josh Jacobs plays, I, I know he didn't practice on Wednesday. I haven't seen anything for Thursday. I, I feel okay about him just from a volume perspective, but more in that kind of low end RB two range. I think they would still lean on him quite a bit. Um, otherwise potentially Zamir white in a, in a similar role. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams, I'm not, I'm not benching. Um, but I am limit again, tempering expectations. Um, the Colts are, are not a, an easy matchup. They're, uh, allowing the 13th most yards per attempt through the year. Um, Kansas city was, was definitely a tougher matchup for them. Um, so we saw, you know, lower numbers from, from the, the receiving group there. So it's, they're, they're about an average matchup. Um, again, they're, they're low passing touchdown rate uh, as far as allowing touchdowns go. They're the sixth best in the league in, in that regard, Indianapolis is. So from that standpoint, it makes it a little bit harder to believe that the Raiders are going to be able to score touchdowns on them through the air. So yeah, just tempering expectations for the receiving options, Devonte Adams, and, and especially Jacoby Myers, more of a flex in, in deeper leagues. Yeah, I,
1: I think that's fair, but man, I'm going to have nightmares. Uh, if, if, like that that's my barometer i always say my barometer is if i would have nightmares for benching a guy when he goes off um that's that's the sign that i need to get him in my starting lineup and i would have nightmares if i benched Devontae adams even coming off a one catch for four receiving yard game
0: oh god yeah there's that yeah it's uh it's it's i know it's it's a it's definitely scary there's especially this week right where everything like the entire season relies on this week and these guys performing well and and yeah those those bust weeks are just overly painful uh especially this week so yeah we got to hope for the best here for for Devonte adams and company but uh not going to be an easy one um the new orleans saints at the tampa bay buccaneers um where do you want to start with uh, with these two teams
1: Oh, let's start with the Buccaneers. How about that? Baker, uh, Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker. Um, he's been kind of chugging along like he's been a streamable asset. He's, uh, obviously got a very strong connection with Mike Evans, which, um, honestly has kind of made him fantasy relevant for the first time in his career. We've really never seen him be overly productive as a fantasy quarterback. I think, um, you know, again, kind of a fine streamer. If you're in dire straits, he's the quarterback 12 on the year, Um, you know, a, a quarterback 13 or better in each of the last three weeks. He's, he's vibing right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from a vibe perspective, we know Baker Bayfield, again, all about vibes and the underdog yeah. mentality they're paying, um, you know, they're playing for their season right now. And, and yeah. I think obviously with the, the narratives that like the, the Buccaneers, you know, don't belong. Obviously they're they're a little bit out of place in the top four seeds in the NFC. Um I, I feel like he's gonna have something to say about that. So I I like uh Baker Mayfield as like a, a low-end QB one this week. I think the matchup's all right. Not a, a great matchup, but again with the the connection he has with you know Mike Evans right now, I think it's just kind of hard to sit Um, and you know, the, the way that he's been able to utilize Rashad white as a receiver, Rashad white, obviously a must start top five option every single week. Um, Chris Godwin less excited about, of course, because he hasn't had as much of that touchdown upside as we'd like to see. Um, although he's looked a little bit better in recent weeks. So like, what's your, your temperature check here on Chris Godwin in this must win situation.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you because I I like the Bucs offense and and I like what Baker Mayfield's been doing this season. So I, I'm kind of trusting him. I, I mean, he's got 31 targets over his last three games combined, That's basically like 10 per game, right? So really nice numbers there for Chris Godwin. And you know, he's had his his ups and downs is ups and downs this this season. But I feel like like you said this is a must win game for the. Bucks box the divisional game going against saints they're at home um i i feel like i can trust chris godwin in that kind of low-end wide receiver two range uh, along with guys like mike evans and rashad white who are definitely not leaving lineups so yeah i'm willing to give chris godwin uh, another start this week perfect Um, and then on the new Orleans saints side of things, uh, Derek Carr, um, potentially a a streaming option this week. We've talked about him quite a bit on the, the waiver wire show and, and, you know, liking his fantasy schedule here in the playoffs and delivered last week, uh, on Thursday night against the Rams has another decent matchup here, uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are giving up the eighth most fantasy points to quarterback. So, um, as far as this Saints, passing offense goes. Cause I, we're, we're starting Alvin Kamara where what's your comfort comfort level with guys like Derek Carr and uh, Rashid Shahid.
1: I actually really like this spot for Derek Carr and Rashid Shahid, their connection uh, deep in particular, like it's been something really special here this season. And I I don't know um, what it is in particular in half PPR formats, four of the top six performances from a wide receiver in a single week have come from Rashid Shahid this year in that Saints offense, not Chris Alave. Chris Olave's had two. Rashid Shaheed has had more top performances this year than Chris got, or than, uh Chris Olave, which again, half PPR formats, but all of that stems from this high upside option as, as a, a touchdown score, as an absolutely dominant deep receiver. I mean, we're talking about Rashid Shahid, who, again, he's playing as his team's wide receiver two technically, but like even on any, any given week, it might be, you know, Alvin Kamara that kind of functions in that wide receiver two role. And yet still Rashid Shahid ranks third in total receiving yards on targets of 20 plus air yards in the entire league. That is only behind Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper. Now obviously the Bucks secondary has been suspect. Like I think this could be a really sneaky sneaky option here for people that are in dire need of a high upside option for the coming week. I yeah. I don't know.
0: No, I, I'm with you. I, I like Rashid Shahid and I, I like what he's done since Michael Thomas has been out as well, right? He's earning targets as more than just a deep threat and, and Derek Carr has established a connection with him as well. And it's a decent matchup here going against the Bucks, who um, I, I know Carlton Davis, their their second corner there is dealing with a concussion and he's questionable this week. So there's opportunity here for this, this Saints passing offense to kind of keep things going and in the same kind of way that they were able to last week against the Rams. I think we could potentially see some um some some fireworks here from uh from the saints offense which is uh you know weird to say with their car at quarterback yeah. but uh <laughs> yeah I like the potential um all right let's go on to the san francisco 49ers at the the washington commanders is the next one up um 49ers and commanders we'll start with uh i mean the 49ers offense because it's a, a, just a super easy offense to figure out right like washington's given up the most fantasy points per game to the quarterback position so feel pretty good about Brock Purdy i know really down week last week but going against that baltimore defense that we just talked about not too long ago um it, it definitely Washington is not the Baltimore defense. So feeling better about Brock Purdy and his receiving weapons. Debo Samuel, Brandon, Iuke, obviously Christian McCaffrey as well. And George Kittle. So um, yeah, anybody that you're, I guess, uh, worried about starting for the San Francisco 49ers.
1: No fire them up with full confidence. I'm not even sure the Washington commanders play defense anymore. Um, This is going to be like, you, you couldn't ask for a better uh, matchup to follow up that, brutal game against the ravens because i think uh, this is going to be a cure for the heart a cure for the inefficiency a cure for the turnovers like this offense is going to be just fine and you're firing them all up with full
0: confidence yep i am with you um and then on the washington side no longer uh, Sam Howell at quarterback. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, we loved Sam Howell unfortunately just hasn't got it done the last few weeks so the team has turned to Jacoby Brissett who has looked good in his limited um, action here he's had, he's had to come in the last two games in relief and um, has done a decent job so um, you kind of like uh, the the potential there for well I mean you don't have to. This is not a good matchup right? This is uh, Jacoby Brissett and you know going against the 49ers we got maybe a Chase Young revenge game here uh, against his former team. But as far as the Washington fantasy options, I, I I don't know that there's any that I really love this week, despite the change at quarterback and, and how well Jacoby Brissett has played on that small sample size. How about you?
1: No, it's definitely been a, a small sample size. And I think from the perspective of like this being a one and done week, you you lose and you are out for the season. Um, really hard to trust any of these options, especially kind of seeing like when he comes in in a spot start after, you know, the game's already kind of started out. He hasn't had those first team reps in practice. What does it look like when he's actually getting those first team reps? What does it actually look like when they're planning this offense for him, um, I don't know that I want to fire up his, his assets knowing that I don't know. It might not look exactly the same uh, as what we've seen so far when he's coming in, in Mm -hmm. an intermittent role with no planning. Like I, it, it might not be exactly what we see. Um, And to counter that point, like this is going to be a defense that also now knows that they are game planning for Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. they, um, you know sometimes when there is a quarterback switch mid-game or or otherwise like the the defense might not be prepared to take on you know quarterback XYZ they've prepped a, a game plan for a totally different passer um no like this is going to be a situation where they know exactly who they're planning on and and I don't know. Not to say that I don't love Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback, because we saw him succeed and excel beyond all expectations with the Cleveland Browns just last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But just, again, really hard to trust these receivers in a crucial game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, if you have to, I think Terry McLaurin would be like a flex option, I think at the very best though, right? We're not expecting him to be, you know, the Terry McLaurin, the the must-start Terry McLaurin that he's been in years past or anything like that. It's just not a great matchup. And then it just gets weird at the running back position because Chris Rodriguez placed on injured reserve um it looks like brian robinson was a limited participant in practice on wednesday uh haven't seen anything for thursday but again you're facing the 49ers now it's not a great matchup for running backs i don't know that really any of these guys are going to be worth starting um this week going against san francisco
1: yeah I, i think that just about covers it
0: yeah um, all right, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Kate, it has been a roller coaster, I imagine, um, being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan over there. Um, coming off a big win, though, so uh, the, we're on the high right now. How are you feeling about this Pittsburgh offense going against the Seattle Seahawks? Any more optimism about uh, some of the fantasy options? Because uh, it's been, again, it, the roller coaster of wins and losses has, has translated to the roller coaster of um guys that we can trust in this, in the Steelers offense as well for fantasy purposes.
1: The only guy I, I know, George Pickens monster game last yeah. week, uh, probably on all of your benches. If he was on yeah. your roster, um, I, I don't think I've seen a single person um, on my timeline or, or Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't think I've seen a single person that actually started George Pickens, even in my deepest dynasty league. I, I, faced uh, my opponent with George Pickens on his bench. And I thank thank my heavenly stars for that because (laughs) I am now in my championship uh, and we can move forward. But I am not expecting these same type of fireworks. Like uh, Pittsburgh, their only two games of the season where they have looked capable on offense have both come against the Cincinnati Bengals who dealing with injuries, didn't have Cam Taylor Britt, didn't have DJ Reader. Like this has been... A defense that, especially in the second half of the season, has struggled. The Seattle Seahawks are a much better and and high quality defense than the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, um, you know, just between the the knowledge that you have uh, from Bobby Wagner over the middle of the field, you have Reek Woolen, Devin Witherspoon. Like this is a, a terrifying secondary. Julian Love, like uh, playing, uh, fantastically well. I think this defense could be a lot of trouble uh, a lot more trouble than the Pittsburgh Steelers saw in week uh week 16 it's going to be a road game they haven't necessarily traveled out west all that successfully uh in recent years we saw you know a, a couple of plus games against you know the the Raiders and and the Rams and both of those have been surprises i'm a little worried that this one's going to catch up to them
0: yeah, definitely possible. Right. And, and, and I'm not in love with a lot of the Steelers, uh, options this week, either George Pickens included. Um, I probably like George Pickens more than, than Deontay Johnson. We we've seen Deontay Johnson's playing time kind of decrease a little bit since, um, Matt Canada has stopped uh, being the offensive coordinator here. Um, and under Eddie Faulkner, I, th- I think his name is right. It took over an offensive coordinator. Um, we, we've actually seen, um, Deontay Johnson really only playing in um, 11 personnel or playing a little bit more in 11 personnel, but less in other situations, right? Where even Miles Boykin is playing more snaps than him in in different personnel groupings, right? So just limiting um, Deontay Johnson's potential Potential for production as well so for that part of it I, I definitely feel a little bit more concerned for Deontay and and even George Pickens we, I think we touched on it last week how both Pickens and Deontay Johnson have been more much more effective against man coverages um than zone coverages but going against um Uh, Oh my God, the the Seahawks here, the Seahawks are one of the more zone heavy defenses in the NFL as well, right? So these guys haven't performed greatly against zone coverage. So I just, again, tempering expectations for the entire Steelers offense. And um, that includes the backfield as well, because um, I know we saw Najee Harris take over the backfield uh, last week, but it was pretty close as far as snaps go. So I I don't know how much I'm trusting them this week. And probably for the most part, they're really just deep league options um, for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Seattle, their one kind of weakness, I think, that that mm-hmm. the Steelers might actually be able to exploit a little bit is the run. But of course, like it, you have Najee Harris, who has taken over the backfield more significantly, uh, I'd say, in recent weeks, as opposed to Jalen Warren, who we kind of saw that midseason surge from and then has kind of quieted down a little bit since. But You know, you're still looking at Najee who kind of dominates that work in, you know, the red zone inside the five. I think, you know, that could be, um, you know, one potential spot for them to exploit. So, like, if I had to start one Pittsburgh Steeler, it'd probably be Najee Harris. But I'm not going to be overly excited about that because... I don't know with their defensive weaknesses, with the number of, of weapons that Seattle has on, on their offensive side of the ball, how much time are they going to have to establish the run? I'm not all that confident.
0: Yeah, it's definitely risky here um, with the Steelers offense, which we've seen all season, right? So um, if you can't afford to avoid them for the most part, I, I typically am. But um, on the Seahawks side of things, I, I mean, I feel fine about starting Kenneth Walker and DK Metcalf. A um, little bit, you know, inconsistent production from Tyler Lockett always has him kind of iffy for me. I feel like, you know, again, looking at kind of the man zone report for for this week, Tyler Lockett um, hasn't been as effective against man coverage as Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, the Steelers definitely one of the more man heavy defenses in the league and Smith and Jigba second on the team as far as target rate goes um, against man coverage. Second on the team in fantasy points per route run. So I have them fairly close. I could kind of consider them a little bit closer this week and wouldn't mind starting uh, Smith and Jigba over Tyler Lockett either, but, um, we've seen the big games from Lockett as well. So I, I think he could be a fine start if you need to, but, um, yeah, I, I just have a preference for, for JSN this week. Um, which I, again, I think we talked about last week as well, but, um, they, they, they all perform pretty well. So where, where are you with this, uh, the Seattle offense?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of like Smith and Jigba. Obviously, we've seen Pittsburgh kind of uh, struggle across the middle of the field. It's been a area where they've been able to to exploit the the Steelers defense a little bit, especially considering their injuries at linebacker this season. Um, they did give some, some interesting uh, looks to the Cincinnati Bengals offense here last week. So we'll see if they kind of keep up. They had a little bit more creativity, I think, in the way that Uh, They covered the middle of the field. So if they can continue to keep that up, um, maybe they do need to look uh, to the outside position. That might be more of a Tyler Lockett game. You know, if uh, let's say Joey Porter is covering, uh, you know, DK Metcalf, uh, he's been pretty locked down when he's not forcing penalties. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of uh, comes together. But, you know, I, I think, I don't know. You know what? I I'm actually gonna flip the script here. I think I'm I, I think I'm thinking feeling a Tyler Lockett game. I think I am. Okay.
0: Yeah, mm. that's fair for sure. I don't, mm. I don't mind it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
1: Sometimes when yeah. you it, sometimes when you write it and you know you digest it and then you speak it out loud. Um, right. You know, you, you come to some different <laughs> conclusions here. Yeah, I'm feeling a Tyler Lockett game, baby there let's we go. go
0: there we go all right i like it well, um <laughs> not let's go
1: because i'm a steelers fan so don't don't go right cause... right not okay. too don't crazy yeah. yeah no no
0: <laughs> just enough just enough where he can mm-hmm. help fantasy owners and then still um the steelers end up winning the game somehow right
1: yeah it's all um, i ask <laughs> not, that, not that difficult guys
0: yeah yeah uh all right let's go to the los angeles chargers at the denver broncos um The Denver Broncos have benched Russell Wilson um, and will be starting Jared Stidham at quarterback. Cortland Sutton has been arguably the best uh, fantasy option for the Denver Broncos. He did not practice on Wednesday with a concussion. We saw him obviously leave last game very early. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of Broncos uh, players that I'm trusting here. Do you have anybody that you actually like from the Broncos offense this week? No. No. Yeah.
1: I read like, can you Jerry Judy, if Cortland Suns out, maybe he's like a a volume play. Um, this is honestly a a matchup John that I'm trying to avoid on both sides of the ball. I I think this, both of these offenses, they're missing a lot of key, key players here potentially. Um, it's really hard to envision this being an overly productive game from a yardage perspective, from a a scoring perspective, you know, again, maybe Jerry Judy is, is a volume play at best. um, But I'm not seeing any of these options necessarily having the highest upside. Um, Theoretically, you know, the chargers have been a great matchup for opposing quarterbacks, opposing wide receivers, but Again, how much do you trust it with the quarterback change, with the injury to Cortland Sutton? I just don't know.
0: Yeah, I just don't. I I, I really don't. Jerry Judy's been really poor all year long, um, and now you get Jared Stidham, a complete unknown, really, at, at quarterback. I mean, Javante Williams is another guy that I'm just not trusting. He's been, he's been inefficient. We're also seeing Jaleel McLaughlin getting more work. Um, I I just don't know that that this is an an offense that I want to mess with in championship week. If I can afford to, I'm I'm avoiding all of them, and I'm with you. I think the Chargers are are kind of in the same boat for the most part. I mean, Austin Eckler had. You know, 15 carries for 65 yards last week, which yay, um, good for him, but it's it's still hard to trust these guys with that offense and especially with Keenan Allen um, and Josh Palmer, both of them didn't practice on Wednesday, I don't know what their status is for this week. Um, it, there's just so many question marks where I'm at the point where the guy that I probably feel best about in this entire game is Gerald Everett, Um, who, you know, has seen at least eight targets in, or has seen exactly eight targets in three straight games with Easton stick at quarterback. He's had at least five catches in each of those three games for about 40 yards or so. I, I don't mind Gerald Everett in a matchup where the Denver Broncos are allowing the most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. So Maybe that's the one guy that I'm actually comfortable uh, with this week, but outside of that, I don't know that there's a lot here on either side of the ball.
1: Yeah. Again, just one of those matchups that I'm probably going to scroll over. in most of my, (laughs) most of my lineup decisions, like I, I just don't know that there's going to be a lot of fruit on the tree in this one and that's okay. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Hopefully we could find some more, uh, in this next game, which is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas city chiefs. Um, We'll start with the Kansas City side of things. So where are you at with with Patrick Mahomes? Because I know you wrote about about him in in Panic or Antic as well. He's finished as QB 15 or worse in five of his last six games, which is definitely concerning for a player that a lot of people drafted as their QB 1 this season. Um, Any concern for Patrick Mahomes heading into championship week, or is he still going to be in your your starting lineup? Uh, No question about it.
1: I love Patrick Mahomes this week. Like we, we talked about the Bengals defense, um, you know, and the success the Steelers have found against them. Like it has been offensive palooza against this Bengals defense. They've been giving up explosive plays left and right. It's been a super efficient matchup for opposing passers. I I think this is a great spot star, especially uh, for, you know, this team that needs this win desperately. Like, yeah. Obviously their struggles this year, the, the chief struggles, they fall on the offense. And this has got to be something that they need to get right over the next two weeks. They are very much like, you know, the Raiders, they've got all of the momentum in the world. They need to close out with two wins and they could very much, they could win the division. Like it, that it's that, <laughs> that's how dire these straights are. So I do think this is, a, you know, in a, a must win spot against this defense in particular in Arrowhead, I think it's a very, very favorable matchup. Now we'll have to keep an eye on on you know the availability. Cam Taylor Britt might be back in this one. That that'll be a huge gain there for the secondary. But overall I think that this could be just a, a smash start. I love Rashi Rice. I I think again smash start um and Travis Kelsey even who yeah. kind of struggled as of late Cincinnati Bengals have allowed the second most fantasy points per game to tight ends this year Um, might be an opportunity to kind of get that connection, uh, you know, revitalize that just a little bit. Um, I I really like all the Kansas City assets in this game overall.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I guess the. Other thing to keep an eye on would be Isaiah Pacheco and, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, both of these guys didn't practice today on Thursday, which I, I don't know how serious it is um, for for Isaiah Pacheco, if he's still going to go or not. But I, I didn't think it would be that bad to the point where he's at risk of missing this game. But we'll see. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jarek McKinnon's already on injured reserve as well. So, I mean, I think it's LaMichael P. Ryan is, is the only other option there for the Kansas city running back. So I, I think, yeah, we're really hoping for Isaiah Pacheco to get back um, uh, after the, the injury last week. So uh, I'm with you though. The, the Kansas it, but
1: C- you know, in the concussion protocol, you do have yeah. to be concerned that it's already Thursday and he has not returned to practice, still a, a non-participant entirely. You know, Clyde Edwards ALR also on the injury report dealing with an illness, but you know, he's right. got a few days, so hopefully he's he's fine. But what's your level of confidence in a, a guy like Clyde Edwards ALaire who might very well be on your waivers at this point in the season if we don't see Pacheco clear protocol?
0: Yeah, if if we're assuming that yeah, Clyde edwards alaire gets back for this game, then then I'd feel pretty good about him. I, I've liked the usage from him with Isaiah Pacheco out of the lineup, and and I think there's definitely potential there, especially with Jarek McKinnon out as well. So I'd be fine um, starting Clyde edwards alaire I'd be probably be looking to to you know put him into a lineup somewhere where I have him on a bench right now. From using him in previous weeks, um, he he could definitely be an option for me. I think. Cool. Uh... Losing the internet as always. Um, all right, let's move to the Cincinnati Bengals side of things. Uh, Cincinnati, Jamar Chase did practice on Thursday. It does seem like Jamar Chase will be back this week, um, which is is nice to see. That could help uh, the likes of Jake Browning. Um, I mean, feeling fine about starting Jamar Chase. Obviously, if he's playing, then, then you're starting him. T Higgins is another guy too, though. I feel like has, has earned his starting spot pretty comfortably um, in in lineups uh, over the past few weeks, Um, two touchdown game, two weeks ago, he had the 140 yards and a touchdown um, last game. So I don't think we're, we're benching T Higgins, even with Jamar chase back. I think both of these guys um, would be options, at least as far as I'm concerned, Um, where are you at with the, the Bengals passing offense?
1: Yeah, I don't love this matchup just in general. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like the the Kansas City Chiefs, their defense has been kind of the shining star this season, uh, which is such a change from years prior. But hey, I'm here for it. They've they've been a really fun unit to watch. But, um, you know, interestingly, also, you have uh, on the injury report, LeJaria Sneed, who I believe is dealing with a calf injury. So um, keep an eye on his availability. If he's out in this game, I do think that's a huge break in the Bengals' favor, which Um, you know, could make all of these assets just a little bit more viable. Um, Jake Browning, I think, is also a fine, uh, you know, fine option at streamer. I'm not, again, excited, but definitely the tiebreaker there is going to be whether or not Jamar Chase is back in that lineup uh, as to whether or not I think you could maybe trust Jake Browning as like a low-end QB1, mid-range QB2. Like, I I think you're probably looking at like – Somewhere between QB 10 to QB 16 is where I think Brownie will fall, but a lot harder to trust if you don't have Jamar Chase in that lineup.
0: Yeah, you want Jamar Chase in the lineup for sure uh, for Jake Browning. But yeah, I'm with you. I think there's potential at least for volume passing there. And that, that's really the main thing that we're we're going to want from Browning. And then he's got the receivers um, obviously talented enough to, to help him get in the end zone and, and build up points. So I'm with you. I'm starting Jake Browning in, in some super flex leagues as well um, this week and, and feeling fine about him um, against Kansas City, who are a good defense. But like you said, there's potential there this week. Um, anybody else for Cincinnati for you or Kansas City? Nah. All right. Final game of the week. It is the green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. Um, there's no Monday night football game this week. Um, but starting with, uh, we'll start with Minnesota because, Minnesota, another team that has a quarterback change this week. Um, no, Nick Mullins. So he had the, the four interception game last week. Not good. Um, Jaron Hall is going to be starting at quarterback. So I don't know. I, I mean, Justin Jefferson, obviously we're starting him. Jordan Addison didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't know if he's going to practice on Thursday. TJ Hawkinson's on IR. This might be Justin Jefferson. And I feel pretty Fine about Ty Chandler um, because, uh, you know, it wasn't a great game for him uh, this past week, but he at least dominated the touches, right? Alexander Madison was back in the lineup, um, but was barely involved. He had two touches for, I think, negative one yard. Um, again, it, it's not the the worst matchup here against Green Bay, um, who are allowing four and a half yards per carry uh, to... to to running backs, which is 24th in the league, they're allowing a 13.9% uh, explosive, pl- explosive run rate as well, which is near the bottom of the league in 27th as well. So there's potential here for Ty Chandler if he's going to continue uh, with that workload that we saw th- th- these past couple of weeks, but um, there's not a lot of Minnesota options anymore that uh, that I'm willing to trust.
1: No, it, it's just kind of like watching dominoes fall at this point. It's really challenging. Now, maybe the uh you know, the the entire uh offense gets a little bit of a boost because Jair Alexander benched for one game mm. uh by this uh Packers organization for conduct, what do they say, detrimental to the team? Something with the coin yeah. flip. It was a very weird right. situation. Uh so he's gonna be out in this game, but Um, You know, I I don't necessarily think it's the biggest boost, especially considering, you know, they're missing a quarterback. They're missing their, you know, top tight end option who has been a very capable receiver. Um, You know, I I think you're obviously starting Justin Jefferson. Um, Hopefully we see Jaron Hall just kind of uh, toss it up to Justin Jefferson each and every down. Um, But outside of that, it's... Very slim pickings. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Is there concern with Addison's ankle injury that he could miss? I haven't really gotten a great vibe on whether or not we think that this is going to be something that that holds him out uh, for the week.
0: Yeah, I, I I originally wasn't feeling great about it. Uh, obviously, didn't practice on Wednesday, and there's I still don't see anything for Thursday for Jordan Addison. So. I mean, if he plays like he'd probably be somebody that is more in that wide receiver three range for me, but like really low end wide receiver three range, because he's a I mean, he's a great player. Uh, It's it's still his rookie season. He's already shown a lot of promise here. But the, the problem is just the quarterback situation. Right. But it at least gives another option for them to throw to um whereas I I don't think I'm trusting really anybody else outside of Justin Jefferson if if Addison doesn't play so if he plays he's at least somebody that that I could feel okay about starting but probably trying to avoid him for the most part
1: yeah I I think that's fair man what a, a disappointing sort of state of things for the Vikings fans it out is. there so much promise, so much talent on on their offense, but you you hate to see these injuries that have just piled up. Because, man, if if this offense hadn't been derailed by injuries, like I, I think we would, they'd be at top of the league in an offensive production. And I, I don't know they'd be close at this point. So like I, I, my heart goes out to all of our listeners that that are part of the the Vikings skull. Uh, whatever, whatever we call them, um, my, my heart goes out to you because so much lost potential in this team. And yeah, yeah. Justin Jefferson at this point, the last man standing.
0: He is. Yeah. And if there is going to be a last man standing, we're glad it's Justin Jefferson, but yeah, just don't love everything that's going around, uh, going around him there. Um, and then another team that's pretty banged up on, on, off as well, the, the green Bay Packers, right? So, um, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, these guys are all banged up, um, And it doesn't make things look great for the the Green Bay passing offense either, right? So Jordan Love, who's had some very usable fantasy quarterback weeks uh, recently, I don't know that I'm necessarily trusting him against the Vikings, especially considering his options this week, where we don't know if these guys are even going to play. I think uh, Christian Watson didn't practice on Thursday. Neither did Dontavian Wicks. Uh, Jaden Reed was limited on Wednesday. I haven't seen anything for him on Thursday. I just don't know. I, I mean, Aaron Jones has been has been excellent, at least that last week he was he was dominant, um, of course, didn't get the touchdowns because AJ Dillon and, and Jordan Love both vultured him uh, at different times. But uh, Aaron Jones at least looked like the Aaron Jones that we've been hoping to see um, in recent weeks. And and that was uh, that was at least promising. So I feel like he's a starter um, for fantasy purposes as is maybe Tucker Craft, who could be one of the top options here, assuming Luke Musgrave um, doesn't become active in this game, which could complicate things. But um, otherwise, Tucker Craft has been solid and and could be like one of those low-end tight end one options as well.
1: Yeah, Tucker Craft actually been phenomenal. Last three weeks, uh, 55-plus receiving yards, four catches, um, in each of those games, like he's had a, a really safe floor, very safe level of involvement here overall in this Packers offense over the past three weeks, which you love to see. And again, that could be even more so the case heading into this matchup given their situation at, at this point in the week, while Wicks and Watson both aren't practicing, um, you know, Romeo Dobbs could be in an interesting spot for a lot of volume and maybe also Jaden Reed. Um, we'll, we'll kind of see how that shakes out, but still not necessarily like this high scoring matchup that I'm, I'm going all in on because I want a share of the points. I, uh, you know, this is still a divisional game and I we're dealing with a backup quarterback on one side. How much are, are they going to be able to produce against this Packers Uh, Defense, how much are the Packers going to need to respond with uh, a pass heavy game script? Uh, You know, how, how is this going to shake out? I don't know. And it's going to be really, really difficult to trust uh, here if, you know, in this must win situation.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like I can I can feel comfortable about starting Aaron Jones just because again we saw that volume last week, 21 carries. But um, I think there's definitely going to be potential for them to run the ball again this week. Um, but yeah, as far as the passing offense goes, like you said, Tucker Craft has been has been great. But there's not a lot of other guys that I, I feel comfortable with um, this week. Um, anybody else from this final game for you?
1: No, key business, man. And if your your lineups come down <laughs> to this final game in, in week seventeen, you're gonna be sweating it out because this yeah. this is one of the I, I think the tougher games on this slate in the week to kind of figure out what you're about to get just because of the number of injuries, number of variables. So I'm gonna hope your matchups are settled ahead of this outing, uh, so maybe you can just kick back and watch some you know backup quarterback uh you know backup you know backup everything uh option for the vikings and uh the young blood offer that the the packers have to offer
0: yeah, it uh, yeah, it's either going to be very very stressful for you or just like chillax, relaxing football that you won't care because you'll either be have a secured a fantasy championship and you can live with watching some backup players, uh, like you said. Um, but yeah, it should be it should be fun uh, either way. See how things go. But that is going to wrap up um our final weekly preview episode of the season uh thank you all so much for listening and or watching on youtube uh all year long we we appreciate every single one of you who tunes in each week i I understand that you know there are there are a million different fantasy podcasts to choose from i'm just very thankful that you've chosen to make us one of the your listening options so hopefully you'll be able to uh, win a fantasy championship as well and hopefully we've been helpful in doing so um a big thanks to kate as well without whom i could not do this show. So Kate, as always, thank you for always doing this preview show with me. Thank you for a fun season. It's been a blast and and really glad we could get you on here every week not just for my sake but for the listeners as well because you always do a great job. So thank you very much.
1: It's been a great season. I'm grateful to have been there. Um stay tuned. I've got one more article this week to help nice. you uh those those titles here, uh some sleeper options just in case you're decimated by one of the many injuries we talked about today. Uh, I'll try to slate you up with some backup options here uh, to help you get that trophy. And, and we're going to keep it rolling. We're going to, we're going to get you that championship folks.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And enjoy um, the games this week. Enjoy Thursday night football tonight between uh, the Browns and the jets. I'm sure there's no way that one could disappoint. Um, (laughs) Good luck in the fantasy football finals, everybody. I really hope you all win a championship this weekend. Have a happy new year as well. And until next time, until 2024, peace out.